Seamless Design Online Magazine, Magazine. Podcast. Podcast Blog, Blog. Hello and welcome to Seamless Design Online, the podcast, the show that explores all things ethical, eco and sustainable within the worlds of interior and style. I'm your host Tom and in this episode we'll be discussing the history of fast fashion, looking at how the industry got started, exploring what fueled its rate of consumption and questioning the feasibility of the fast fashion industry ever slowing down. Fast fashion is a modern phenomenon which is largely contributing to the very real crisis of climate change. It is doing so by promoting and encouraging an unnecessary amount of overconsumption, which is resulting in an unprecedented amount of textile waste that is currently destined to do nothing but lay buried in our earth for centuries to come. Fast fashion initially began as a reaction to a consumer want for affordable clothing, but since then the tables have flipped. Now, big fast fashion giants such as Boohoo, H&M, ASOS, Topshop, etc. are creating a fast fashion frenzy of their own via the clever use of marketing combined with new technologies alongside their regular heavily discounted sales. All three are commonly used together to convince consumers that they must have the latest X, Y and Z. Fast fashion is a relatively new term used within society, with the phrase only being popularised within the fashion industry throughout the early 2000s. In 2019, the term fast fashion has become something of a buzzword, used to summarise the current disposable high street trend and to describe the quicker speed of manufacturing of everyday apparel. These quick speeds of production constantly provide consumers with the latest trends, with catwalk replicas often available on the high street just mere weeks or even days after they appear on the catwalks. But not only does fast fashion give consumers a quick product turnaround, it does so at a very cheap price. The exceptional growth of fast fashion can be attributed to the high impulse buying, an increase in retailers sourcing from low-cost countries from around the world, and a stark change in consumer attitudes, with the removal of the stigma attached to buying from value retailers. Retailers. In a recent study, young consumers aged between 18 and 25 were found to care more about trends than any other age group, and they were also found to be the most active consumers of fast fashion. In a 2017 report, it was claimed that by the year 2030, clothing consumption in the UK will have grown from 62 million tonnes to 102 million tonnes per year, which is an equivalent to an additional 500 billion t-shirts being made. Although the term for the phenomenon was only recently coined and widely understood for what it describes, the concept of providing consumers with cheap replicas of the latest catwalk trends has been present in British society since the 19th century, just not in an excessively disposable and outsourced rate in which we are seeing today. The 19th century brought around technological advancements that were utilised within the fashion industry. Advancements such as the introduction of vertical knives, which enable multiple layers of fabric to be cut simultaneously, and the introduction of electricity to power the equipment, which enabled the quicker production of man-made inferior textiles. In the book Sustainable Fashion, Past, Present and Future, it is said that by the 1940s, a number of fashion designers had begun to experiment with synthetic fibres, and natural materials such as cotton were routinely grown with pesticides and fertilisers. This was done to enhance the speed at which they grew, to ultimately speed up the manufacturing process, and to cater to the high demand for durable cotton. This method of growing cotton is still widely and routinely used in the industry today, to continually meet and surpass the high demands for cotton throughout the industry. However, not only does this manufactured growth pollute the soil in which other produce and crops could be grown in, there is also a very high chance that the chemicals used in the fertiliser will also enter the nearby water systems, 
which in turn has the potential to severely affect the health of those living within close proximity to the growth site. And that growth site is unlikely to be in Britain, Europe or any other Western country. Statistically, it's third world countries who are left to deal with the consequences of the fast fashion industry. By the 1950s and early 1960s, cheap throwaway fashion had begun to replace the before-seen classic styling of the era, as new man-made textiles such as spandex, vinyl and polyethane began to be incorporated into new edgy fashion designs, such as a woman's mini-dress and jumpsuits, or a man's blazer and trouser. The demand for cheaper and faster fashion grew rapidly as the abundance of experimental designs and textures invited young consumers to experiment with different looks and edgy styles, all at a price that was lower than ever before. Upon realising its success, the fashion industry responded to the demand for more by churning out designer replicas and cheaper alternatives even faster. By the early 1990s, the fashion industry had grown and developed to be the fourth largest industry in the world, and in 2018, BBC's documentary Stacey Dooley Investigates Fashion's Dirty Secrets claimed that the fashion industry is now the second most polluting industry in the world, with interviewee Lucy Siegel, a fashion journalist and researcher of sustainability, commenting that there is credible evidence that suggests that garment apparel production is one of the top five polluters globally. It's not sustainable. It's on borrowed time. Linda Welters suggests that the term and notion of sustainability has arguably been a part of the fashion industry's repertoire since the 1960s, after subcultures began to reject the mainstream styles of fashion and began to source second-hand clothing to wear in order to rebel against the constraints that a post-war rebuilding society had shackled them with. The act of reusing clothing wasn't all that unheard of before this period of time. But prior to this, wearing second-hand, also equipped as hand-me-downs, was very telling of a person's status and was not openly displayed. During the pre-industrial era, fashionable clothing was reserved only for the elite due to the length of time and cost it took to create fashionable garments. It was such a luxury that even those in the position to afford the fashion would savour their garments intensely by remodelling them and reusing them time and time again until they became unusable. Then, the garments would be sold second-hand to those who would repeat the process themselves. So, let's break this down further. From that brief exploration into the history of fast fashion, we can now loosely appreciate the fact that the fast fashion industry was essentially born out of excitement. It was a time of unprecedented technological advancements, and realisations that everyone should be able to wear fashionable clothing, and that it shouldn't be only reserved for the elite of society. And we must remember as well that this was a post-war society, one that was rebuilding itself and was familiarising itself with fun, enjoyment and freedom again. During these times, the notion of sustainability and eco-consciousness was far from the minds of the mass, and who can blame them for that? But, in today's world, where the information is so readily available to us at the click of a button, where the effects of climate change are so visible each and every day. And during a time where we now know the fast fashion industry and how it's one of the top world polluters, what is driving consumers to continually buy into the fast fashion industry? Well, there could be a few reasons for that, but there are three that have stood the test of time. Affordability, choice and convenience. These are the three offerings that hold up the golden triangle of fast fashion. They are the three pillars that ensure the continuation of the industry. Much like the fire triangle infographic, which explains how a fire is brought to life, 
You need heat, fuel and oxygen to let a fire burn. Take one away and the fire will die. So who's going to knock down a pillar of fast fashion? The hip and trendy brands that design and churn out the clothing? They are making far too much money to ever really change. So what about the consumers? Could they just stop buying it? Well no, because for some consumers there is no other choice. Financially, fast fashion is the only option for them. So a complete industry shutdown is so unattainable and would only be a flex of privilege. But what is the answer? Well, there isn't one to be completely honest. This industry has become so intertwined in so many people's lives that it's hard to take it away. And at the same time, the damage that is being caused is too much to ignore. In the UK and in other countries, people's lives depend on this industry continuing to thrive. But simultaneously, everybody's life on the planet depends on this industry halting its current way of operation. This isn't a black and white straightforward industry or situation. It's a grey one with many layers and many lives attached to it. So perhaps change could be implemented gradually. Maybe the rate of production could be slowed down. But even that would come at a cost. If a supplier were to cut the amount of units produced, the cost of those units would go up. And who will foot that bill? In a perfect world, the brand organising these units would take responsibility and take that bill on the chin. But in reality, the cost will most likely trickle down to the consumers and their buying price of an item. And this is unlikely to happen because then the brand itself would be knocking down its own pillar of affordability by outpricing its own customers. While the situation may seem bleak and confusing, there are a few things that we can all do to play our parts and show the need for change. For example, we can take a leaf out of the elite Victorians book and mend what is broken in our wardrobes instead of throwing it away. In this modern era of technology, maybe we could equip ourselves with some basic sewing skills, for example. We can also shop our friends' wardrobes. It's not uncommon to borrow a friend's outfit for a night out, so why not do it for a day out? Or, if all of the above just isn't for you, which is absolutely fine also, why not save and invest in higher quality pieces of clothing? Ones that you keep and look after for years and years to come. So while there isn't a clear, straightforward answer to this problem of fast fashion, there is a clear goal, and that's to slow down the rate of fast fashion, to slow down the consumerism, and to slow down the disposal of it. So that's it for this week's episode. If you'd like to find out more, do check out the show notes below. And whilst you're there, why not check out Seamus Design Online, the magazine, and download a free copy of the first edition. Another episode of Seamus Design Online, the podcast, will be with you very soon. But until then, keep safe and keep well.